Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, go to PCAPaintEd.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all you non-members out there, sign up for our free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the Apple Store and Google Play. Today, we feature audio from the Elite Business Advice Podcast with Chris Moore. In this episode, Chris chats with bookkeeping and payroll specialist Crystal Scott to highlight some key deductions that can reduce your taxable income this year. This episode is sponsored by 3M, Conquer, and PPG. Welcome to the Elite Business Advice Podcast. My name is Chris Moore. I'm the founder of Elite Business Advisors. And the goal of our podcast is to help you grow your business, but also educate you on a variety of topics that affect self-employed small business owners. Today's episode, we've got Crystal Scott back with us for the fifth time. Uh, I don't know why we keep inviting her back, but she's back with us. Um, she handles all the bookkeeping and payroll for our clients. And we're going to talk through a little bit about taxes. We realize it's been a little bit since we've hit on that conversation. So we want to bring Crystal on to talk through some strategies and things you can do in your business to reduce your taxable income. Crystal, Hi. welcome back. I'm glad you feel obligated to have me back. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> kind of like the whole partnership thing. Like we feel like once a year we need to at least bring you on here. So okay. well, uh, I'm just kidding. Thanks for being <laughs> back here. Thanks for doing this. How has life changed since you were with us at the end of 2021? Well, the last time I was with you, I was uh, very pregnant. Yeah, I wasn't no. going to say that. <laughs> wasn't going to say that. Now I have a four month, almost five month old. That's awesome. So things are a little crazy, but yep. getting back into the swing of things with business and... Good mom life and it's great isn't it it's (laughs) It's great we just had our episode with christina come out and we talked all about that i'm sure you and i could have our own about what it's like to raise a kid and run a business um maybe we'll do that later on but uh you know we we joke that that chase and claire are going to get married at some point Uh, so i appreciate that you guys kept with the c name with crystal and clara and um everything so that's good um (laughs) So let's talk about taxes. Oh, good. <laughs> Everybody's favorite uncle. Yes. Sam. Yes. Everybody loves him. <laughs> Something right? like that. Yeah, no, not at all. Everyone's afraid of him. but Exactly, yeah. Um, it's funny you say that. Like, that might be a good point to start this whole conversation. Right? Yeah. Everybody's afraid of the IRS. Mm-hmm. Everybody's afraid of doing something wrong. Yep. And I agree that you should be aware <laughs> of that, right? Um, I joke a lot of times I've said this on the show, like you can write anything off you want as long as you don't get audited. Don't do that. <laughs> don't okay. Do that. That's not yeah. advice. I mean, that is a joke. It stresses so, me out. <laughs> exactly. I know. But I think it is important to know that the IRS tries to be intimidating on purpose. They mm-hmm. try to complicate things on purpose so that people pay more in taxes. Absolutely. Am I wrong? Nope. Okay. I see a lot of people they are afraid to make a mistake. Right. Mm -hmm. They think that they make one little mistake and all of a sudden they're going to jail for 20 years. Right. (laughs) Um, I could have a tax attorney on here. Like, I don't even know. Some of it's not even criminal offenses. Some of it is. Right. right? Don't get me wrong. But um, so there's like a lot of things. I think it's just very intimidating. Mm -hmm. People get very weirded out with taxes Mm -hmm. and all this stuff. Um, And, you know, the IRS says the whole like you're guilty until proven innocent thing. Mm -hmm. I don't really agree with that. But they use that as a tactic for people just to pay large sums of money. Mm -hmm. Um, A good friend of ours, Phil Spiker, he was on here early on in season one. Mm -hmm. Um, He's an attorney that deals with business and taxes in the IRS. And 90 percent of the time or whatever number they're able to at least reduce what the IRS is saying you owe, you know, prove it, maybe even fight it completely. Right. So definitely have somebody good on your side like Phil or somebody Mm -hmm. in your area. Um, 
But I guess let's start out. What are some common business deductions that people often forget about? Um, there's a lot of things that they pay personally. So like a cell phone. Yep. I mean, how much do you use your cell phone for business? I mean, in our case, like 80, 90 percent. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that's forgotten because it's not you. You already were paying for it personally. Yep. And then you started your business, you forgot to transition that. Right. So that's that's one. Um, a home office, if you are working from home often or having meetings at home, right. that's something that a lot of people don't always remember. Okay. Um, mileage. So yes. miles from your home to your main office are not deductible. Right. Uh, miles outside of that are deductible as long as they're for business purposes. So in our case, home offices, so everywhere we drive for business, um, is deductible. Yep. So keeping track of that is super important um, because that ends up being a pretty large deduction good. for a lot of people. Okay, good. So I want to unpack two things here. Um, one, if you have a home office, but you also have like a shop space that you rent, how do you handle that? So you still, um, depending on what your entity structure, yeah. but you still can get a deduction. I mean, gotcha. if you are... Um, what about on the mile side of it? Like if you oh, have sorry. a shop space and you leave your house but you have the home office it, it kind of yeah kind of okay. depends um i mean are you working ex mostly from home right then then that's your main office what gotcha. is your main office okay is what that's they good go off of. okay good that's good to know um the other thing you said the cell phones mm -hmm. how do you how, how do you handle that right because you are using some of it personally mm -hmm. um what is the right way to handle it, right? So, so I just want to give, like, I want this whole episode to be like an educational perspective, not an advice perspective. Okay. So if something goes wrong, don't tell the IRS. <laughs> well, we heard it on this podcast. Right. Chris and Crystal said it was fine. Um, how are you yes. supposed to handle that? So you're supposed to handle it, like, if, what's the percentage use? So okay. do you use it 100% for business? Probably not. Right. Do you use it 95, yeah. 85? Yes. Yeah. So okay. that's really you know, okay. I, I don't want you tracking your minutes to say, oh, this this many minutes. I was Look busy. back at your cell phone log and you're highlighting, oh, that was a client call. Oh, I yes. called mom. Oh, I called grandma on her birthday. Like, no, yes. you don't have to do that. So okay. it's an estimated percentage on cool. how often you use it for business okay. or personal. Cool. Um, the last thing I want to unpack with that. So the home office thing gets tricky sometimes with contractors, right? Because they, it, let me ask this. Home office goes off of finished square footage in your house, correct? So it goes off of the square footage that you are using exclusively for business. Okay. So if you have a set office space, yep. then that's exclusively for business. Right. If you're working from your dining room, doesn't count. It's not. Right. So you're not supposed to. You're that. working in your garage to spray cabinets. I, is it exclusively for business? Is right. <laughs> Unfinished part of your basement. Right. You know. Mm -hmm. So. Um, so yeah, that's just something that, that people ask a lot. They're like, well, I use our garage or we have like a shed out back that we store all of our stuff in. And it's mm -hmm. like, maybe you also store the lawnmower there. And yeah. like, you know, so um, again, it's it's one of those things, like it's, there's a lot of gray areas with stuff. I think that's one thing to point out with the IRS. I'm not saying do this, don't do this. There's a lot of gray areas there. Mm -hmm. um, don't push it. Yeah. <laughs> but there again, you don't have to say like, you know, oh, 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 we have 192.35 square feet of office space. Like, right. you know. There is another option with that that is a little bit more complicated. But um, if anyone wants to ask me, like yeah. if they are using their garage for 
you know, spraying, we can um, rent our house from ourselves for a certain number of days. And so it's a little bit more complicated. So I don't want people to try that without talking to a tax advisor. But um, that is another option. Let's say they're only they spray in their garage 13 times a year. They can rent their house 13 from times themselves. a year as a shop space. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, I'm glad 14. you mentioned that because I was going to throw that in. I didn't put it in the notes, but I was going to bring that <laughs> up. Um, that is one thing that, again, do not use this if it's not real. Like when right. you say this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's plenty of people out there I hear. They're like, oh, just rent your, your house to yourself 13 times a year, even if you don't use it for business. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, let's slow down there a little yeah. bit. Um, does that <laughs> depend on in- entity type at all? Do you have to be an S corporation? Do you know off the top of your head? Um, I don't believe that you do. Okay. I mean, either way, be you should be able okay. to. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, what the Augusta rule says, for those that aren't familiar with it, um, is you can, like Crystal said, rent your your house up to 14, 14. days a year um, at fair market value for whatever like a daily rental for your type of house would go for. Yeah. Um, and you can utilize this for company events. So if mm-hmm. you have a house that has a pool and you have a customer appreciation day, if you mm-hmm. have an employee appreciation day, you do a barbecue and have a pool party, you can technically rent your house to your company yep. for that day at a fair market value up to 14 days a year. So again, don't just say you do that and not have anything to back it up, right? But yeah. I do know clients that will have things at their house like that, um, that they can legitimately do that. And you're, you know, it's an expense to your company mm-hmm. and you get to claim the income personally tax-free, correct? Correct. So just something to think about. Um, again, the IRS code has 10,000 plus pages and actually 95% of it is geared towards how to reduce your taxable income. Mm-hmm. Most people don't know that. So anything else you want to add on deductions people forget about? I don't think so. Cool. Um, are there any things that you see business owners that try to write off or they think they can write off that they really aren't supposed to? The biggest thing now is entertainment because okay. entertainment's not deductible. Yes. Um, outside of that, honestly, I do bookkeeping for all of my clients. So right. I re- yeah, you don't. I'm the one making the judgment of yeah. if it's deductible or not. Yep. Um, so I don't see a lot of that. Okay. Um, but entertainment is the one thing that they, they want to take as an expense. But okay. It's That's good. I didn't feel like we probably see a little bit more of that. Um, I don't have anything off the top of my head. I know one thing, I have a couple people say like, Again, contractors, they're like, oh, my chiropractor is a write-off, right? Like, it's keeping my body in shape. And I'm like, no, not, you know. Right. Like, there, there's definitely guidelines with some of that. Uh, if I think of any more throughout the episode, I'll throw anything in. But I'm just curious because there are those questions that come up like, hey, I can write this off, right? And honestly, like, things like that, um, possibly it's a more ta- complicated tax yeah. situation, you know, if you're uh, creating a health um, reimbursement account. There's – Yeah, there's – there's always a way. Let's just put <laughs> it this way. It's just a lot more, um, um, there's a lot more work to involve yeah. to do that. And yeah. I would make sure you t- have, talk to a tax professional yes, before you sure. just decide. Most that things we're going to say on this, if we say, no, you can't do that, there's might, might be a be. way. <laughs> right. Unless you're buying like a little tykes, like Tesla for your son or daughter or something. <laughs> I, I, well, I, I mean. Could, Put it in a parade. Put your logo on it. I mean, see, we'll always find a way, right? Um, No, that's good. So another question that comes up a lot, um, I know we spoke about it in Orlando and had a lot of people talk to us afterwards at Expo, um, Mm S-corporations. What is kind of the general blanket rule of thumb? Again, everything needs to be case specific here. But what's the general rule of thumb? Like when should a business owner think about filing as an S-corporation? I would say in general, when your income's around forty to fifty thousand, it would probably okay. be a good idea to 
to take a look at that. Okay. Sometimes it might be a little bit lower. Sometimes right. it might be a little bit higher, but okay. um, that would probably be a good range to okay. really consider and talk okay. to someone. So that's good. I Definitely, if you're at 60,000 or beyond, it's typically at that point mm-hmm. like a no-brainer. Right. Um, again, and that's net. Yeah. Net income. Yeah, net income. Yeah, not Average. revenue, anything. Mm-hmm. That's net income, end of the year, all your expenses, uh, the what you're paying taxes on for your business, 60000 or beyond, um, for sure. When you start getting that 40, 50 range, that's when it's worth talking to the tax advisor. Mm -hmm. I know it's a lot easier to get ready to file it at the start of the year. You can file it during the year. It just gets a little bit tricky with how you have to handle books and your tax return and stuff. Um, but if you're, if you're way beyond that, then it's well worth the headache and hassle of doing it. Mm -hmm. If you're in that 40 to 60 range and you're creeping up and expecting that to go over next year, start planning ahead now to file it effective beginning of 2023. Yeah. That's crazy to say. Um, Um, And you do have two and a half months that you can retroactively do it. So if you decide in like March 1st that you want to be an S corporation, you can do that effective January 1st. Gotcha. Um, So that is, yeah, an option. Um, And with S corporations, I kind of just the basics of why would you want to be an S corporation? So whenever you have an LLC, a regular LLC, you're paying tax on the net income of the business. But if it's on your Schedule C, um, you are paying self-employment taxes. So 15.3% on that in addition to the net income. When you're an S corporation, you're only paying that self-employment tax on your salary and you're not paying it on the full net income. So that's just something like, 15.3% 15.3% is yeah. a decent percentage that um, you are saving on yep. that that difference. So Yep. No, that's a really good point. And that's where, you know, you have the whole like reasonable salary thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's another question we get asked a lot because, yep. you know, by switching to an S corporation, like Crystal was saying, you pay yourself as an employee. Like it, it's, it's a f- kind of a full separation of, for tax purposes, the business from your personal stuff, right? Yep. You are then an employee of the company running the business. Um, you still take distributions and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to pay yourself a salary every two weeks. That's like the biggest number one thing. Mm-hmm. And so people are like, well, what is, a, you know, so, and obviously it depends, you know, across yeah, the board. Yeah, and every accountant, honestly, that you talk to is going to tell you a different answer yep. as far as reasonable salary. For me, I I have been trained and I feel most comfortable saying, what can you pay someone else to do what you're doing? Right. That to me is a yep. reasonable salary. And I'm going to say for most painting business owners, you're going to be in the forty to seventy thousand range for that, mm-hmm. and who knows? That's probably going to turn into a hundred thousand real quick with the way <laughs> the wages are going. But I'm kidding. Uh, but typically, I mean, that's kind of the range we typically say, right? Like, t- usually the lowest is like four thousand a month. You know, forty eight thousand. Um, if you're running a smaller company or if you're not super involved in the day-to-day operations, right. you're maybe just doing some of the estimating, you can get by with probably 3000 a month. Yeah. Uh, but I, that's a really good perspective. Like what can you pay somebody to do the responsibility of your business yeah. um, in a reasonable spot? Because um, that's one mistake I think we see in, in where people tend to get audited on S-Corps is they try to pay themselves like $10,000 a year on salary, right? Because you're saving the self-employment taxes yeah. on the rest. So they try to give themselves a real low salary it's enticing. It, it is, right? <laughs> it's 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 like, oh, I could do this and maybe get by with it. Yeah. Uh, but that's one of the easiest ways to get flagged with that. So, exactly. again, be smart about it. Like I always say, if I ever get audited, I want to be able to, like, sleep at night yeah. knowing that everything – 
is at least done to the best of my abilities mm-hmm. um, and that there's nothing in there that I really am worried about them. And if it is, it's like a $20 thing. Right. Right. So, um, so that's good. One thing with S corporations, then we'll move on because some people are S corps are like, God, Chris, shut up about this. Um, <laughs> how do you handle mileage? So I know that's a big difference with S corporation owners and regular LLC mm-hmm. owners, um, you know, with LLCs and sole proprietors, you just write the expense off in your company how do S corporations have to handle that? So I would reimburse yourself for the mileage like you would an employee. So keep track of your miles. Um, There are several apps. I'm not sure if you've talked about them at all, but Mm -hmm. um, Everlance is one that's free that I use. Because I don't drive a ton for business, I have it off, meaning it's not going to track everywhere I go. But you can, if you're driving all of the time for business, turn it on and then like swipe left or right, business or personal. Um, on that app and so that's something that's good Good. but I would try to reimburse yourself for it so I mean you don't have to do it every month but maybe that's the best option for you for me I'm I just caught up for the last six months (laughs) I'm gonna reimburse myself now but um, keep track of it and Everlance and Mile IQ Mile IQ I think you have to pay like $5.99 a month Everlance is free but um, those are just a couple options but definitely keep track of it so that way if the IRS does come back you're you have the log yeah yeah for sure no I think that's good and I think that's one thing because I talk to a lot of people that are sole proprietors and LLCs it's like you know it's I was called like a phantom tax write off, right? Like Mm -hmm. you are, you're reimbursing yourself for the gas and for the expenses and wear and tear on your vehicle, but you don't actually have to take the money out of your company, right? It's just, it's a line item that reduces your taxable income. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, make it legit, keep the log, like don't fake it. Um, Don't just be like, oh, I drove drove 19,000 miles Mm -hmm. last year. Like, how'd you come up with that? Well, I don't know. Right. Okay. Um, But I think that's the biggest difference with S corporations, especially if you aren't in a spot that you have a lot of excess cash in the company. In order to take that expense, you have to pay yourself the money, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I, I know there's always ways around things. I mean, and honestly, maybe don't take a distribution for as much and, and write yourself, reimburse yourself exactly. for the mileage. So you, you know, this you're is, still getting the money, right. but you already you're, paid for your gas yeah. personally. So it's... Yeah, this is why we pay you the big bucks. Thanks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so that's good. So let's talk a little bit about how business owners can pay their kids to work in their business and make it tax advantageous for both the kid and the business. Yeah, so if you're an LLC, um, you can pay your your child to do, it has to be something reasonable, yep. so age appropriate. If they're five, maybe they're gonna, I don't know. Shred papers. Shred some paper, yeah. Um, you can also have them do some advertising, like pictures are for advertising, but yep. if, you, if you are an LLC, you can pay them a salary, so pay okay. them through payroll, but they do not have to pay Social Security and Medicare up until age 18. Awesome. If you're an S corporation, they have to pay Social Security yep. and Medicare so it's no like matter what. 10%, 11%. Um, it's 15.3%. Okay. Well, yeah, total that's true. Between both sides. Between cool. both sides. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, so. But you Make still sure. take it as an expense either way yes. of the company, no matter yes. what. Yes, so the, whatever you pay them is a deduction for the company. Yep. Um, you're not paying Social Security and Medicare on it if they're under 18, Good. again, for an LLC. Um, so you don't have that expense. Right. Um, it's a deduction for them, and then they don't report it on – or for you, and then they don't report it on a tax return as long as it's under the $12,000. You know. or mm-hmm. whatever the standard deduction right. is. Right. That's good. Um, that's one question that's been coming up more and more, right? And I think it's, I think that's a very smart thing for people to do. Again, if it's legitimate, mm-hmm. don't like 
you know, have your kid actually helping you in your business, yeah. right? They can't just sit on the couch. Like, hey, I'm going to pay you $12,600 this summer <laughs> to do nothing. Like, yeah. make it legit. <clears throat> but I think that that's one way, depending on how your company's structured. I, I, and I think even if you are an S corporation, you have to pay that 15%. It's still well worth it. Yeah, because right? you're not paying the income tax. Exactly. You're getting the deduction, yep. and you're not paying the income tax on it. Or it, they won't pay the income tax yep. on it. Yep, no, that's good. And I think one pro tip, I, I've always heard a good friend of ours, uh, Mike's always said, open a Roth IRA for them and put mm -hmm. that money into that and max that out. Like if mm -hmm. you, you know, if you do that with a five-year-old <laughs> and pay them, you know, you can put as of right now, $6,000 a year into a Roth. I think 6,000 is the number this year. Um, and start doing that when they're five, like imagine how that money's going to grow over yeah. time, right? You get to take it as a, as a legitimate expense for your business. They get to build wealth and savings, right? Um, it's a win-win for everybody, mm -hmm. right? Um, so again, I would say this, like if you don't have the money in your company, don't do this. Right. right. But if you have the excess cash, if you if you're getting help out of them um, and again, maybe it's the conversation you take a little less on your distribution. Like if you're taking money and putting it in savings for them anyway mm -hmm. or putting it towards a college fund or doing whatever it is you're doing, take a little less personally out of the company and have them again legitimately work in the business and pay them to do it. Yeah. Um, so, again, I think that's like another one of the strategies that we see people that could take advantage of and they just don't sometimes. Yep. So, um that's really good. What are some other basic things business owners should be utilizing to reduce their taxable income? Yeah, so we kind of talked about retirement options. Mm -hmm. So um, you can do a traditional IRA, um, SEP IRA. Um, those are options. So um, simple IRA, whatever it is, retirement right. is, is typically a good way to reduce taxable income. Good. Um, also, sometimes, depending on your insurance situation, HSAs are an option where yeah. you can put that money away. For instance, in my case this yeah. year, I met my deductible very quickly. <laughs> um, I don't know why. Right. So I was able to put all that money in an HS HSA. I was paying it out anyway. Right. Um, so I just, as I got an invoice, a bill in yeah. um, from the doctor's office, I put money into my HSA and paid pay. it right out, back out. It's kind of you know an extra transaction right but Tax it savings. saved me a ton of money in taxes yes. yeah that's awesome that's awesome i know set by IRAs, and again we're not going to get down the weeds on details and how to do it talk to a financial advisor talk to somebody that specializes mm -hmm. in that uh, but i think set by IRAs are one way that i see a lot of business owners that are able to really contribute towards their retirement mm -hmm. and able to you know obviously it becomes an expense to the business right if things are structured and set up properly um yeah, so SEP IRAs are only employer contributions. Right. So if you set up a SEP IRA and you have an eligible employee, um, and I think even part-time employees actually qualify after three years, I think yeah. it is, for the SEP IRA. Um, but whatever percentage you put in for yourself, you have, have to match to for, for your employees. Yep. So if you do 10%, um, right. and it's based on your wages. So 10% of your wages, you have to do 10% of, of their wages, wages. Yep. which in a lot of cases, the business owner is taking more. I mean, it just depends. Yeah. Um, but in some cases, the business owner is making more money anyway. So you're going to be putting more in right. for yourself, but it's also a good benefit for your employees. Yep. You know, maybe don't give them a raise this year, but instead give them this option the yep. and Hey, I'm going to pay you an extra an time. expense of the company. Correct. Right. Yeah. And it's a benefit to them. Right. Um, they don't get the money now, but Right. I think it's just part of the total compensation package. Mm -hmm. Right. And so things to definitely think about, things to look at. Um, so, yeah, just again, something we always like to throw out there is like, yeah. hey, check into this with somebody. Like yeah. get some advice from somebody that can actually execute that for you. <laughs> We're not financial advisors. I can't yeah. go open up a SEP IRA for a client. I don't want to. Um, so get some insight from them on what that could look like for you. 
what's the setup of your business, how many employees, yada, yada, yada. And obviously so, there's like 401k options and yeah. things like that. Um, the simple, there, there's more expenses with some of those things. Right. So just make sure you're, you talk to someone and you're aware exactly. that they could be additional expenses. But. Exactly. Um, another thing we see a lot, <clears throat> business owners ask, like their own personal health insurance, mm-hmm. right? And again, I know it's kind of like cloudy and like different ways to handle things, but like what is kind of like just a general rule of thumb on that for people that pay their own health insurance premiums, they're, mm-hmm. you know, maybe solo owner operator, they have a couple of employees. How does that get handled with the business? So yeah, if you're not an S corporation, if you're just an LLC, um, you file your Schedule C on your tax return and you're paying for your own health insurance, you can take the self-employed business, um, self-employed health insurance business deduction. Cool. So make sure that you're taking advantage of that because yep. that's an above the line deduction. So awesome. that is very beneficial. Um, if you are an S corporation, it gets a little bit more muddy because yep. you have you take the deduction on the business side, but then you report the, it on the W-2 and then you take the deduction on your tax return. Yeah. So there's three steps to be able to actually get the deduction, right. but it's still beneficial. So okay. make sure that you are doing that and taking Good. advantage of that if you are paying for your cool. own And you insurance. need to pay for that out of the business, correct? Yes. That's not something you really should pay out of your personal account and then take if, it on the business side. If you're side. an S-corp, yes. Right. If you're not an S-corp, then you can. It doesn't matter either way. Okay. What about like disability policies? Is it the same thing? Disability is not deductible. Okay. That's what I thought. It's only um, the health insurance. Yeah. Okay. So it depends. Well, it can be deductible. I know. We don't have to go down there. I threw I threw a curveball at you on that <laughs> no, one. That's but, okay. Um, um, so, yeah, it can be deductible um, depending on who's the beneficiary, but usually you do not want to take disability insurance as a deduction because okay. then if you end up having to get that money, you'll have to claim it as income. Gotcha. Whereas if you don't claim the deduction, so it's you not don't have... usually worth the 90 or 100 bucks or whatever no. it is a month. Okay, good. See, this is why you're on here. Right. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. So, uh, explain a little bit as we kind of wrap up here. Um, anybody that's been listening to this, like, wow, they've been talking about taxes for like 20 something minutes. Like, can we wrap this up? <laughs> People are bored. We want to listen to the next episode that's going to be way better about whatever. So, right, well, um, you ever give me good topics. I know, right? I mean, that's what, that's <laughs> what we're fine. here for. Um, explain a little bit about just how the estimated payment system works mm-hmm. with the IRS throughout the year. Um, pitfalls to avoid anything you want to kind of hit on just to again kind of some general education on why they do that and how it needs to function yeah so if you have to make estimated payments um, the IRS wants them to be equal quarterly payments yes if they're not equal quarterly payments and you owe at the end of the year then you're probably gonna have some penalties and interest that go back to based on what quarter you owed it right Um, so it's very important to make sure you're making them you want to um, pay in 110% of your prior year tax liability Good. is the way to avoid um, penalties. Good. The other option, um, and again, this gets a little bit more complicated, yeah. but if you are an S-corp and you're paying yourself a salary, and let's say, um, in my case, for instance, I haven't made any estimated payments this year right. because I put it all to <laughs> Your HSA, right? <laughs> right, exactly. So I haven't made any um, estimated payments this year. But what I can do at the end of the year is have all of that withheld through my payroll to myself yep. because the IRS looks at any withholdings as if you made it equally throughout the year. Yes. So even if I do it on December 31st, and instead of paying myself a salary, I have that all, make my whole salary go to withholdings, they don't know any different and they're perfectly fine with it. I won't have to pay penalties. Good. And so that's good. Um, that's something that obviously if someone else is doing your payroll, they're going to, you're going to have to be in yeah. communication with them, right. but that is an option. That's good. So the best way to figure out how much you're going to owe is to do tax planning, right? Yes. To talk to a tax strategist and a tax advisor and say, 
hey, here's what we're looking at this year. What does our tax picture look yeah. like? Um, and I think, you know, usually I recommend, I think you're kind of on the same boat. Like I, I recommend like twice a year for mm-hmm. business owners to do that, right? Because you're going to have your taxes done in springtime. And then I usually say about halfway through the summer, start looking at your numbers. Yep. Um, so here we are, you know, middle of July when we're time. recording this. Um, and then I think usually again, sometime October, early November, because yep. that still gives you, you know, six to eight to 12 weeks to, you know, do Make anything changes. you need to do. Uh, if you need to withhold all your salary from your last four paychecks, you have the mm-hmm. time to do that. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, that that's really the, the proactive piece of it. Like I want to get leave people with that nugget is like that's your call to action, like do tax planning to figure out how you can do this and avoid taxes and penalties and interest and stuff. Yep. So maybe not avoid taxes, avoid penalties right. and interest. Right, penalties so, and interest. <laughs> um, no, that's good. Um, I think one thing to hit on too is if, if your business is growing, right, because they're going to make those estimated payments, like what they say, based on last year's tax liability, right? right? If your business has grown a lot this year compared to last year, you should just pay more on those estimated payments. Yeah. Right. So even if you're, I mean, you don't have to, I guess. Right. You, as long as you cover 110% of the liability, then make sure it's at least in your savings account. So know that you're going to owe more. (laughs) Yes. Um, but if you're the type of person that if it's in your account, you're going to spend it, then yes, absolutely pay more on your estimated payments, but, that's good. um, either option is fine. As long as you're making the minimum that you are required. 10% more than what you paid last year. Yep. That's good to know. So between withholdings and yes, estimated. Yes, for sure. So awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on here and like, you know, breaching the brutal topic of taxes, (laughs) even though I know it's your life and it's what you deal with every day between taxes and bookkeeping (laughs) and payroll and all the fun stuff. But um, no, I really, I appreciate you. I appreciate the partnership we have with you guys. And I know you've you've been a huge blessing to a lot of our clients that you, you know, work through questions on, answer things or flat out take care of their bookkeeping and payroll. That's why we wanted to connect with you and um, offer that to people because we trust you and you've done a great job with it. So thank you. I'm not going to give you too many compliments here today. Um, but no, it's, it's really been good. It's been a huge breath of fresh air. I like that if, if there's questions as we're going through financials, as we're helping people with job costing, when you're involved with it, it's super easy. Cause I can just call you and we yeah. can figure out whatever, you know, it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we have questions about things, you're always there. Um, and so I really appreciate that and it's been fun and I'm excited to see where that goes. Thank you. Yeah. It's been great for me too. The clients that we have together are great and I'm good. thankful that I've gotten to know them good. through you. So awesome. Yeah, well, we'll you. say they're all great, but one, um, and we'll just let all of them now <laughs> sit there and wonder if they're the one we're talking That's about. Funny. Right. So, um, I'm just kidding. They really all have been great. So, um, I just like to be a Um, so yeah, but well, thanks for doing this. Um, maybe we'll have you back again this year. Maybe we won't. I don't know. Let's do something more fun. We'll do, we'll do the, well, maybe we'll do the parenting and and business one. So we'll piggyback off the one we just did with Christina. So maybe we'll all three come on here and do it. That could be really fun. fun. So I love it. So have a good rest of the day, Crystal. Appreciate it. You too. Paint Ed podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and is made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPaintEd.org.